Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are power. We thank you that you are might. We thank you that your strength is unchanging and it's forever, ever the same. We thank you, the very same God who healed Naaman according to your word. Lord, you have commanded this by word. You sent your word and you healed your people. And you've commanded us with the same word on Sunday. Not to look at our bodies. Not to look at our situations. Not to look at what people say. Not to look at what our bodies may say. Not to look at what the reports may say. But to look at what you have said. And you will perform according to what you have spoken. So we thank you for your word that you have magnified above all your names. And I thank you, Lord, that your word is enough for us. We praise you. 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 We praise you, Lord. Thank you for giving us this precious faith that came from Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for depositing your faith into our hearts. We thank you, Father. 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 Well, we praise you, Lord, that you've given us the faith of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We praise you. I pray may we continue to grow in that faith, in the faith of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we may see mountains move, not only in our lives, but in the lives of many people. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word, for this power in your word. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you've called us to subdue kingdoms. You've called us to bring down mountains. You've called us to raise up valleys. You've called us, oh Father, to tread on serpents and trample scorpions. I thank you, Father, for giving us your word. We thank you, Father, for giving us your word to drive out everything that needs to be driven out. Father, as we submit to you and resist the enemy, thank you, Lord. No force, no force on earth, no force, no force that's from hell can stand against your word. We praise you. So we hide ourselves in your word, and through your word, we overcome the enemy. We thank you, Father. Thank you for giving us such power, oh Father, that's beyond our understanding. Thank you for giving us such power that is beyond our understanding. Thank you for giving us such power that is beyond our understanding. The power that comes from God's word. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. We give you glory. We give you glory. Lord, along with you, hidden in you, we also magnify your word. The very word that you have magnified, we magnify it in our lives. But not what we see. Not what the enemy shows. But we magnify your word that you have given to us, O oh Father. We magnify the word above every situation. And we magnify your word in every situation. Father, we thank you that your word is sufficient. More than enough. More than enough. More than enough. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We commit ourselves into your hands. I pray the word that you have sent to wash us. The word that you have sent to enlighten us, the word that you have sent to heal us, the word that you have sent to resurrect us, the word that you have sent to restore us. May that word do its work, O Father, that we may be worthy vessels to receive that word at this hour. We thank you, Father. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we each make up that church, together, the body of Jesus, in that invisible 
body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that gates of hell shall not prevail against this body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for the confidence that you've given us through Jesus Christ. Lord, for the power of your word that is working in us, for the power that you've given us to resist the enemy, Father, every time. By being hidden in your word and by hiding your word in our hearts. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Lord, we pray that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Truth, may magnify Jesus Christ once more this morning. I shut down the works of darkness of this hour. I shut down every voice that is not of God at this hour. I shut down every feeling and every opposition, every sickness, every distraction, every tiredness, every pain that the enemy tries to bring upon the people at this hour in the name of Jesus, that they may inherit what you have for them, O God. We thank you. We praise you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Wash our eyes, O Lord, with your word. As we've come to the river of God, the word of God, to wash us once more that we may see you, Jesus, through your word, I pray that you wash us, Lord, through your holy water, the word of God, that we may see you clearly, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise be to God. Good Jesus. We're going to turn our Bibles to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 10. I'm just going to read a few verses here where the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. Mark chapter 10. And I'm going to read from verse 32 onwards. Mark chapter 10, from verse 32 onwards. Now they were on the road going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus was going before them. And they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. Then he took the twelve aside again and began to tell them the things that would happen to him. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. And they will mock him, and scourge him, and spit on him, and kill him. And the third day, he will rise again. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant us that we may sit, one on your right hand, 
and the other on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, We are able. So Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink the cup that I drink. And with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it is prepared. It is for those for whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said to him, said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoso Whoever, whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Praise be to God. The Spirit of God has recorded very important principles here through the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ from his own life and from what he has taught to his disciples, which goes for each and every one of us. As Jesus Christ was traveling and his disciples were going with him. They were amazed at him. They were amazed at his teachings. They were amazed at his works. And and the fear of the Lord was also upon them. He's taking the twelve disciples out of all the people who were there. He's teaching them deeper things, the deeper things of God. The deeper things of God belongs to those who walk closely with Him. The deeper things of God. Two things the Holy Spirit wants to highlight this morning. One is what God is wanting to reveal. And then Two is having the capacity to receive. When God gives, we should be able to receive. When God gives, we should be able to receive. Jesus Christ, here, he is saying something very important to his disciples. Something that He wouldn't tell everyone something that is very important. And he called that a revelation. Revelation comes from God. Revelation comes from the mind of God. And it comes with a purpose. When God reveals something, it's not at all. He's showing something or he's sharing something because You know, we just need to gain some head knowledge now. There's a purpose to it. Anytime God shares something with his people, it is with a very definite purpose. Jesus Christ took the twelve disciples and he began to reveal to them what was going to happen. Prophetic Word of God is coming through Jesus to his disciples. 
And this is what he's saying. Behold, we are going to go up to Jerusalem. We're all going to go. Out of all of us, something is going to happen to one person here, which is God Almighty in flesh. He will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes. And they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him. And the third day he will rise again. You look at the prophetic revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. It cannot get clearer than this. Very accurate. Very descriptive. He's saying all the things that are that were about to happen to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's telling these people, look, we're all going to go and this is what is going to happen to me. When we go to Jerusalem, this is what is going to happen to me. He never said, along with me, this is what is going to happen to you. No. He said, this is what is going to happen to me. They're going to take me. I'm going to be betrayed. And I'm going to betrayed. I'm going to be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes. And these people will take me. They're going to say false things. And they're going to falsely convict me to death and then they're going to deliver me to the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles that were there? Romans. And then what's going to happen? Then these people, once I'm delivered to the Gentiles, the Gentiles are going to mock and scourge me. Jesus is saying everything that's going to happen to him. Very very clearly. He says they're going to mock me, they're going to scourge me, and they're going to spit on me. All these things happened. And they're going to kill me. Jesus said, these are the things that are going to happen. And after this, after they kill me, then I will, on the third day, rise again very detailed revelation prophetic revelation given by the son of God to those who are with him those who forsook everything and followed him not for the general population so it's something very precious he's sharing his heart with his disciples. He wanted them to know what was going to happen to him. He wanted them to know the secret. He wanted them to know this is what is going to happen. Guess what? They all got to hear. Including Judas. Every single one of them got to hear. Heard this prophetic revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. They all heard. And they all got this revelation. Jesus said to each one of them, think about this, the precious treasure has been given now to every single one of the disciples who were there, who left everything and followed Jesus. The common people didn't receive this. Jesus gave it to those who are with him. So receiving the revelation is very important. It comes to those who leave everything and follow Jesus. That means who make Jesus their main desire. All twelve, they follow him. And to all twelve, this priceless prophetic revelation has been given to God, given by God. Why will God give these things? Because he wanted them to know what was going to happen. He wanted them to have that understanding. 
He wanted them to receive the strength that comes from the word that was given to them. But with the revelation that was given, the power was also released. To what extent we receive is very important. We can be like the baker in the Old Testament in the life of Joseph who saw the dream, the prisoner, who saw the dream that he had the bread that he had to take. He had it on top of his head. It was all open. And the birds of the air came and they ate it up. So it became useless. We can receive something from God and we can let it go. Not really take it in. Not really receive it. See, you can receive it by your hands, but if you don't receive it in your heart, it's not going to profit you. You can receive it in your head, but if it doesn't go into your heart, if you don't receive it in your heart, if the transfer doesn't take place, then it's not going to profit you. So it's very important to have that understanding. It comes from the Holy Spirit. What do I do with this now? If God of heaven and earth is saying something to me about something that's very important to him and it's about him, what do I do with it now? God expects us to do something with it. That's why he's giving it to us. Do you know what? They did nothing with it. Nothing with it. This is the reason why they all fled when Jesus was taken. Just like he said, just as he prophesied, he was betrayed. That was the first thing that happened. Just as he prophesied, he was betrayed to the chief priests by one of his disciples who actually heard this prophecy. Everything happened just like it was told. Sounds very similar, right? What happened last year in our church? Just as the prophecy came. Every single person received the prophecy who was right there. And among those who received the prophecy, there was the Judas there. Now we see how God, when he gives something to his people, it is not just for information purposes, no. Revelation is not for information. Revelation is for preparation. Write this down if you're taking notes. Revelation is not for information. Revelation is for preparation. Revelation is not for information. Revelation is for preparation. It is to prepare us for what is about to happen. It is for God's people to be prepared, to make them ready for what is about to happen. Everything Jesus said took place exactly the way he said everything. When the revelation of God comes, when any word from God comes, it is not for information, it is for preparation. Every prophecy that has been given by God Every word that has been given by God. If God gives a specific word and He says, don't look at yourself, don't look at your circumstances, that means something will happen. God is preparing you ahead of time by giving you the word exactly to what you should do in order to sail through that victoriously. That's why revelation is given. That's why the timely word the word for the hour is released from God. Prophetic word. That's the importance and power of prophecy. Prophecy is not prediction. Many Bibles have the word prediction there. Incorrectly. It's not prediction. Jesus didn't predict anything. He prophesied what was already written in heaven down to earth. When he spoke it, he spoke it into existence. That's what prophecy is. And he's saying the plan of God here. This is what is going to happen. Exactly the way he spoke it happened because he spoke it 
into existence. That's what prophecy is. When the word of God comes, it is for those who will inherit it. It is for us to prepare so that we can walk in it. Jesus says here, Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes. That's what is going to happen. This is what is going to happen, Jesus said. He's talking about himself. He's prophesying about himself. And then he says, they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him. And the third day, he'll rise again. Well, you know how the disciples were? Those who really left everything on the outside to follow Jesus. Their minds were fully occupied and preoccupied with themselves. We can be like that. We can say, follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. We can sing. But if our eyes are upon ourselves, we will completely miss every time God speaks what He speaks. Because we are constantly thinking about ourselves. And Jesus is speaking something very important. Not a single person stopped to ask Oh Lord, you are telling these things to us. What should we do when this happens? Nobody asked that. Nobody asked that. They all think about themselves. Well, this happened to Jesus. He's talking about himself. Imagine how heavy the heart of the Son of God would have been. He's giving this Powerful, powerful revelation. Not a single one asked him, Oh Lord, what should we do during this time? How should we be there for you? Everyone followed him. When this topic came, all thinking about themselves, not about Jesus. It's about what am I going to get? That's why all of them fled. Because this didn't even stay with them. Jesus spoke about himself. He never said anything about his disciples. He never said that. When they catch me, they're going to catch you too. No. He didn't say that when they crucify me, they're going to crucify you too. No. Yet all of them fled. When they came and took Jesus away. Not one of them stood. Except for John who came later. And stood at the foot of the cross. Many times. Many people. Miss out the whole meaning of prophecy. They'll hear the prophecy. But it's never going to go. Inside because while the prophecy is coming. The, the whole focus is themselves. Is upon themselves. And what happens? Whatever God is speaking, the depth of it, the meaning of it, everything is like forfeited. It's gone. And when it happens, they don't even know fully what is going on. And they fail miserably. May God help us to be keen on understanding the revelations that come from God. Precious treasures that come from God may God help us to have that appetite the hunger when God speaks to really ask him they were so eager so keen on asking okay, where can I sit and, and and how can I become the greatest and and everything about even before that you know, we left everything what will I get and all those things but when Jesus is saying something important nobody cared to ask him about these things. Which was the reason why he came into this world. The highlight, the climax of God's plan was the death and resurrection 
of the Savior. And God says something very passionately about something that is very close to his heart. Do we have the same passion to understand it, to want it to understand? Do we have the same passion, very same passion, to want to understand what he's saying? Do we have the very same passion that Jesus has when he gives us his word? When he speaks to us about something, do we have the same excitement? Do we have the same burden? Do we have the same desire he wants to give? Do I have the same desire to receive what he has for me? Do you have the same desire to know what he wants us to know? To the extent that he wants us to know? We're saying, Lord, with what you have spoken to me on Sunday, I want to know more from this, Lord. How many of you have gone to the foot of the cross after Sunday service with what God has spoken? How many of you have taken it to God Almighty and said, Lord, you spoke this to me on Sunday. I want to know more from this, Lord. I want to know your heart more. I want to know more from this. How should I take this? And how should I live by this word? Give me a deeper revelation. And did you go over your notes? Are you meditating on it? Do you care about what God has spoken? Are you really taking it? Are you really, really desiring? As Jesus said, with great desire, I have Come to this Passover meal to eat with you. Great desire. Jesus was a man of very strong passion. Jesus was a man of great commitment. Jesus was a man of great character. He taught with great passion. He healed with great compassion and passion. Whatever he did, he did it with great passion. Nothing was done superficially. He was a man who ministered all alone, who had disciples, who had a crowd always following, but never understood him, never fully got anything that he wanted to give. A man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. No one. No one could really understand what he's saying fully. No one fully cared to even understand everything that he was saying. He was a man of great conviction. Stood for what he believed. Stood for it till the very end. He was a man who was willing to die daily and died daily for all those whom he served. He came to serve and not to be served. That's why, even when he was very hungry, even when he was very tired, he went and sat by that wall. And the rest of the disciples all said, we're hungry, we're going to go get food. Left him by himself. And they all went, uh, let's get food, we'll eat, and we'll bring some for the master if he needs, but we all need to eat. Uh, he's always ministry, 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 people, 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 God, 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 God. We can't be like him. We're all humans. How many times have you said that? I've heard people say this many times over the course of many, many years. Well, I can't be like you. I can't sacrifice like you. I can't do like you. I can't live like you. Why not? In short, they're saying, I can't follow Jesus like you. You want to follow him 
from a distance that's your choice but you can follow him closely you want to not lay down your life but just say it that's your choice you can run run away from him as far as you can when trials and persecution come that's your choice but you can also choose to go and stand at the foot of the cross the women there they had more courage and more faith and more understanding than the 12 men that Jesus chose and trained that's the reality you have this one woman who comes and breaks the alabaster ointment and does something very significant towards the the death of Jesus Christ and you have these women who followed him and served him they are following him again all the way to the foot of the cross no fear because they loved him so deeply with whatever they they were given they took it they followed him that is the reason why Jesus appeared when he appeared when he rose again from the dead it was a woman who first saw him why because it was a woman who went looking for him anyone any one of the disciples told the disciples could have had the same opportunity they all had the same opportunity could have seen him first it didn't happen that way why because a woman chose to leave everything to lay down her life even if anything happens to me let it happen i'm going i need to see my lord whether you're a man or a woman doesn't matter if you have the heart and passion for god almighty jesus will come and reveal himself to you he will come just for you he will make himself known to you and to others through you with what he has given what are you doing with it something was given to that woman mary and she made use of it she understood that revelation and she prepared herself for it and she broke that alabaster ointment for his burial while he was alive she did it there was one woman who got what he taught who made use of the revelation that Christ gave to her so you see the 12 over here one betrayed the other one denied the 10th led and one because he was so close to Jesus he couldn't help himself he came and he stood at the foot of the cross what what Jesus Christ gave over here such a strong priceless glorious precious revelation no one even bothered to ask him Lord explain to us more there were many times during many different parables and many different teachings even right before this section when was when it was about the the rich ruler Jesus spoke immediately they asked and oh then who can go to heaven all oh, our we loved everything then you had to ask questions when it concerned them but when it was something that Jesus was talking about himself you see the disconnect there 
the disconnect there. This is why Jesus asked Peter this question. When Peter came back and Jesus saw him, he asked him this question. Peter, do you love me more than this? Peter, do you love me more than this? Peter, do you love me more than this? God is asking you this question this morning. With all that I've given to you, what are you doing with what I'm giving you week after week after week, day after day after day after day? What are you doing with it? How deep do you want to go? How far do you want to go with me? Do you love me more than this? Your occupation and your preoccupation with the cares of the world. Do you love me more than this? Do you? You have to answer this question. It's between you and God. But that's what the Holy Spirit is asking this morning. That's what Jesus is asking this morning. Do you love me more than this? What are you actually after? Because you are coming after Jesus, yes. Yes. That's why he's giving these teachings. Otherwise you wouldn't receive those. It's not for the common people. It's not for all those outside. It's for those who are coming closer. But while you're coming closer, how much are you getting? How much are you taking in? How much are you meditating on his word? What is really important to you? Is it you? Or is it the Savior? Do you love Jesus more than yourself? Do you love Jesus more than what this world can offer or even what God can offer? Do you love Jesus more than what you see, what you feel, what makes you happy, what feeds your belly, what makes you look good in the eyes of the people, what makes you look good in your own eyes. Do you love Jesus more than this? May God speak to our hearts this morning. God is speaking to us this morning. This passage is not from my personal reading. I didn't come to speak this morning. It was the Spirit of God who said, after I took care of Esther, I want you to go and give my word. And I didn't have the word. As I was praying, the Lord gave me the scripture and He said, I want to speak to my people from this. The Holy Spirit has spoken to our hearts this morning we need to take a good look at ourselves are we like the twelve disciples we get all excited when the word comes about us oh God's going to do this for you God's going to do this we're all excited what am I going to get 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 do you love Jesus more than this what am I going to get Jesus talks about the deeper things of God. Is it going just over your head? Or is it going into your spirit? Are you taking this eternal word of God seriously? Are you going to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you asking Him about what He has spoken to you? What He has given to you on Sunday? Are you asking him about what he has given to you on Tuesday or Monday? During the fasting prayers? During the morning calls? 
Are you taking it to the Lord? Do you love Jesus more than what you can get from Him? Oh, you are not like the rest of the world that's out there. You are in the fold. You are within His disciples. Are you just content with that? We've left everything. He will give something. And I'm I'm glad and that's good for me. Is that why He called you? Did He call you just to give you some things and have some experience and that's it? God has called you to rule and reign with Him forevermore. If you suffer with Him, then you will reign with Him. If you deny Him, He will deny you. It is important to be partakers of the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ in order to receive the glory that He has for us. We should not be a people who will cover or run away from suffering. We should not be a church that will mourn and wail over suffering. We need to be people who will face it and take it with great joy, as it says in the book of James. Because God is working out something glorious. If Jesus talks about suffering, we should not be a church that will tune itself out. If Jesus will talk about suffering, then there's always glory that comes with it. If he's talking about his suffering, we must all the more pay attention to it. Because we are in him. We are one with him. Whatever he's saying is important. Should be that most important for us. For every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is vital for our soul. Whether those are words of blessings or those are words of warnings, whatever it is, those are all prophetic words. Every word is God will keep us alive in famine, will flourish us in the wilderness, will mold us in the desert, will grow us in the famine. He will water you. The very same God who waters me will water you. This very same word. How much are you receiving? To what extent are you taking God's word in? Will determine how you'll grow, how steady your walk will be, how strong you will become and how tall you will grow, how wide you will become to become useful for God. How can you maximize what God has given? It's by paying close attention to His Word, having the desire. What desire He's giving it to you, you have to receive it with the same desire. You need to have that same passion. Same passion. That's that intimate relationship. With what passion Jesus gives to us, with that passion we should be Receiving it from Him. We should want to know the purpose of the Word. It's not that, what can I get? Lord, why did you give? What do you want me to do? Our focus should be upon Jesus, not upon ourselves. We get all excited when Jesus talks to us about Hey, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to prosper you. And you're going to be this. And I'm going to make us all excited. Little do we care. When he talks about the deeper things of God. 
Most of the time, we miss it. We should not be like that. The very same excitement we have when Jesus talks about us, we need to have the same excitement to know his heart, to know about what he cares about. That's what true love is. That's what will make you one with God Almighty. The passion of Christ should become our passion. He came to serve and not to be served. In short, his life was about those whom the Father cared, those whom he cared, and it was not about himself. We too should live the same way. And to give himself as a ransom for us. He came. He had a purpose. And his purpose was not about himself. When you make your life all about Jesus and nothing about you, that's when you're really going to see the glory of God. People cry out, Lord, we want to see your glory. We need your glory. It's all good. We need to pray. We need to cry out. We're never going to see it in our lifetime if we don't take self out of the way. That's the truth. That's the truth. Peter, do you love me more than this? Our focus should be Jesus. The reason why we live should be for Jesus. Whatever we want to do in this world, it should be what he wants us to do. Why are we going to work? Is it to make money and pay our bills? If that's the case, we would have completely missed the whole purpose of why God even gave us the job. Why are we eating? If we're just eating just to eat so that we can live what we like eating, We've completely missed the focus of why he even gave us the appetite and the ability to eat and the food to eat. We have been created with a purpose. We have been given things with a purpose. Our lives should revolve around the Savior. Our lives should revolve around the kingdom of God. Our lives, our desires, should revolve around the king. That's how Jesus lived. That's how we should live. We will have no regrets on the day of judgment because we would have fulfilled the call of God with the passion that Christ had and has having received his passion having received his heart living in him moving in him having our being in him being seated together with him we serve not to please ourselves, but to please the one who died, gave himself for us. May we understand what the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts today. May you understand the depth of the Word of God. If you make Christianity or following Jesus Christ about yourself even giving out tracts or even giving the gospel to someone or sharing a testimony with someone or reading and praying whatever it is it should all be geared towards 
What does Jesus want me to do? I love him. What is he like? What is his desire? What is his plan for today? Do you love me more than this? Are you living for your belly? Are you living for the things of this world? Are you living to please yourself? Are you living for yourself? Or are you living to please God? Whatever God has spoken, are you keen on taking it? Are you keen on finding the purpose why God gave it to you and what He wants to what He wants you to do with what He has given? It's something that we should work on. Whatever God has given, we need to take that. We need to go to God. There's a purpose with which He gave. And there's an expectation when that word is given. If we don't understand the purpose, we're never going to meet that expectation of God. May God help us to understand the depths of today's word that God has released from His mouth to our ears this morning. Nobody here should live a superficial life. None of us. No one. If you're part of this church, you're being a part of a vibrant body of the Lord Jesus Christ. His passion should flow through you. His passion should flow into you. Don't let the enemy rob what God has for you. All these people who didn't understand, understood it later. Except for Judas who perished. All of them took the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. They lived it out and through their lives they gave it to others. They all gave their lives for Jesus. They all understood the purpose later. They all fulfilled the purpose of God later. And they didn't let it go, even though they missed it before. They made use of it later. When Jesus asked Peter this question, Peter, do you love me more than this? He was able to say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know all things. And his yes was a yes. His yes was from deep within. Because we know how Peter lived after that and how he died after that. Never like before. Radical change, which produced radical results. There has to be before and after in your life. With what God has given, if you had not made use of it, God is speaking to you today. Let there be a before and an after in your life. But Jesus is coming today and He's asking you, Do you love me more than these? Whatever you have. Whatever you hold on to, whatever is dear to you, do you love Jesus more than all those things? Do you love me more than these? Whatever is occupying your time, do you love me more than these? Are you faithful to the word that I've given to you? Are you living it out? Are you coming to me too? 
know more about it? Are you going back to what I've spoken? Are you taking it all in? Because every word God releases on Sundays and during the week, it's from heaven. It's meant to keep us alive, to make us productive, to empower us during our trials so that our faith will be strong and it will not faint. All these people miserably failed because they didn't take in what Jesus said and they didn't care to find out from him. They didn't prepare themselves for what was ahead of them. Make sure you're prepared. Make sure you're prepared. Make sure you're prepared for whatever comes your way. Make sure you're prepared. If you're prepared, you'll be just like Jesus who faced everything with heaven's strength. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. His eyes were on the third day, the third day, the third day, the third day. His eyes were on victory. Unlike most people who will be meditating and premeditating on all the suffering and completely miss out on the glory that God has spoken about. Jesus was a different man. A man of purpose, a man of mission, a man of vision, a man who knew how to overcome. He knew what to look at and what to meditate on. We need to be people like that. Following the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to look at what we need to look at. We need to meditate on what we need to meditate on. We need to prepare ourselves so that we can have the strength that will carry us through all the way to glory. We will not be simply crying out for glory. Lord, we need to see your glory and never see it. We'll be people who prepare ourselves so that the glory can fall upon us. That through our trials we will endure. That the glory may be seen in and through us because we endured. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. None of his steps shall slide. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this path of glory, for this path of life, for this royal path, for this path filled with the treasures of life. We thank you, Father, for your word that you gave to us this morning in an unexpected manner. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts. I pray may your people take what you have spoken and consider what you have spoken. And take action where they need to so that they can be like Mary who carried with her something that will never be taken away. Who was a woman who received, knew how to receive. A woman who knew how to hold on to what she received. Not like the twelve disciples 
who before the death of Jesus were given so much but they didn't know how to receive and how to hold on to it. Did nothing with it. So I pray that you'll bless your people this morning. Their hearts may be open to the eternal truths of the living God. That their lives may be broken before you. Let not a single person live for themselves, O Lord. May I pray this morning the prayer of Jesus for our church through the Spirit of God, our Father. Let your love may flow into them and remain in them. That they may love you with a passion. That their eyes may be upon you and not upon themselves. That whatever they do for you may it be for you, not for some self-gain. Whatever they come to you for, made for you, not for self-gain. That this church may be a church that will truly attract the heart of God by her life of sacrifice. A church that will know to lay down her life just as Jesus did. I pray, Father, to you take your people deeper, Lord, all those who would go with you deeper. I pray may this word transform their lives. May it transform their thinking. May it transform their destiny. I pray, Father, that this truth may have a significant impact on the lives of the people who are here this morning. And Lord, they may stand before you on that day, having done all, with their works not burned up, with their works to shine before you. They can stand with integrity and with great joy that they gave it all for you that they didn't live for themselves that they lived their lives for the one who died for them with this blessing Father as your servant standing in the presence of God before the throne of God According to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless you people that they may live unto the one who died for them. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen.